Welcome to the Alliance Experience Podcast, a real estate podcast talking all things property management with a side of banter. Your hosts are Sam Riley and myself, Kelly Johnson. Welcome back, guys. Another podcast episode today, and we are discussing maintenance and everything that's involved within maintenance and property management, I guess. Um, Sam, firstly, how was your week? My week? Oh, I think I actually jinxed myself. It was yeah. one of those weeks where I knew that I didn't really have a lot coming up and I was like, this will be the perfect time to get on top of everything. And then the opposite happened. It's always the way. Yeah. I just wasn't able to get through half as much as I needed to. So it was, I won't say it was a bad week, but it definitely wasn't my planned week. (laughs) I feel like that. They're like, you're chasing your tail. Yeah, always. No, I get that for sure. How about you? Just busy. I feel like Feb's always like a shorter month, so yeah. you try and pack more stuff in anyway, so it is busier. But um, Fox's first birthday is coming up, so a lot of preparation for his party. Of course. Yes. So a little Fox turning one. I know. How quick has that gone? Honestly, that 12 months is insane. Like actually crazy. It feels like you've been back here for years. I know. Like <laughs> I, I've really never left. Though, yeah, true. <laughs> so just, yeah, other than that, and work's hectic as always, but yeah. Yeah, I think maybe after January, everyone kind of starts to ramp back up again, don't they? School school goes back. Yeah, that's a big thing. School goes back and then I guess people stop their holidays. And just start planning more holidays. It really is like that. Everyone's putting their leave in for the rest of the year. Oh, God, don't remind me of the annual leave. I thought you'd like that. (laughs) Thanks so much. Starting the day off right. No worries. (laughs) Okay. Um, So I guess today, like I sort of said, we want to talk about maintenance in our own opinion. So yes, our own experiences, how we like to run things here at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like, I guess, what process is involved when there is maintenance required at a property that is managed by an agent? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess maintenance, sorry, is, yeah, it's one of those things that is so much of a great area at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is always hard to exactly pinpoint where it but I think it's probably a good thing to talk about because so many people ask a lot of questions about it and want to know what's going on and, and want to speak to other people about what they do in their businesses. So as much as it's uh, it's one of those grey areas, it is something that we wanted to talk about, I guess, like you said, on how we do it and how we, I guess, manage it and foresee it. And then, you know, outside of that also insurance maintenance portals, just anything that I guess relates to maintenance as a topic because it's such a broad subject. Yeah, and like when I guess you say broad, it's like because people argue what a tenant's responsible and what a landlord is responsible for and I think to be quite honest, common sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It should prevail. It should. It doesn't. Yeah, fair. (laughs) But I think that like, and this is what I say to clients, like if I'm ever at a house with things, I'm like, you know, you'd like to think that a tenant will use common sense, but keeping in mind, you know, these are your responsibilities. So I always like to be nice and clear from the get-go so they know what they have to uphold and maintain and then what the tenant can be expected to do. Yeah, and I think that's very important, like you said, is, I think in the last few years we've probably shone away from doing person-to-person sign-ups mm-hmm. and getting in front of those new tenants. But I think at the same time is it's kind of lost a little bit 
of the informa- the valuable information that we would normally put forward with regards to what they are responsible for and what they should look for and and um, their requirements of requirements I should say reporting maintenance within a certain time frame and I think and we're guilty of it as well you know we went away from those face to face appointments and I think there's probably a few gaps there in our business but I would say other businesses as well as with lack of information around it. Well, the information's there. It's just, you know, when you're, I guess, face-to-face, you're saying it to them so you're watching them hear it. When we send it to them, there's never (laughs) any actual guarantee that they're reading every single word. Yeah. So that, you know, that's probably something we need to look at in the future. But I I do think it is a touchy subject but it is an important subject. So that's what our next 30 minutes is all going to be about. So I guess let's start with probably more my avenue, preparing the home. Okay. So obviously when I appraise a property, I go through with the owners and they walk me through the house and I have a look at, you know, everything inside and get to it. And then we sit down and I go through like responsibilities for what they have to do prior to the house, you know, getting rented and having Mm -hmm. a tenant put in. So small things, but seem obvious. All light globes have to be working, including the globes in a range hood very important. Yeah. Um, basically just everything in the house has to be working, including retic, you know, cords for blinds, if there's roller shutters, those straps. Overall, the house has to be given to the tenant with everything in working order unless we have stipulated it. So, you yeah. know, if they've had ducted aircon put in and there's a split system that doesn't work anymore, we would obviously stipulate that the split system doesn't work and won't be working throughout the tenancy. Yep. Um, but I really say to owners, you know, take the time now to, if you've lived with the dripping tap that might <laughs> need a new washer, yeah. just fix it now because chances are they're going to complain and it's not going to be like an easy fix like it might be for you yep. as it will be a plumber coming out to replace the washer. It's actually so funny how much you get used to when you live in a property, especially when you own it. Oh, I used to have a hot water system in Greenwood and it was so touch and go. And then yeah. when we were selling and I was like, yeah, I really should replace this hot water system. But you just, you get used to it. So I had that same thing in, in my place and I knew that if I put the hot tap on too much that it would be too hot but then if I turned it off too much it would be too cold and it was like honestly it would take 15 minutes in the morning just to get the right temperature <laughs> and in my mind that was acceptable I'm like oh you know it's yep. fine but then a new tenant moves in and it wouldn't be and no. you can understand why it wouldn't be but you just get used to so many things when yeah. you're and you know there's a in cost the- involved I think that's <laughs> the thing like you're like I can live with this versus I can outlay the money on fixing something that's yep. not really an issue yeah it's like look I can make it work so why bother yeah I get but that. those are the things like you said it was so important when you're putting the property on the market is to have done like to yeah. make sure that it is maintained perfectly when you're well a tenant is paying a good rent for the house so they expect everything to be working yeah like there's nothing more frustrating when the owner knows that there's been an issue with something and then the tenant moves in and they get like obviously the owner gets told and they're like oh yeah no that's always been a problem for me and it's like <laughs> well, why didn't you fix it <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. It really is. Um, big one, I think, especially at that point, telephone points. Yeah. And internet, especially now, I guess, when you've got all those new suburbs that have all the different providers and you've got to go through certain ones. But I, I find a challenge that we had in our business for a while before we were able to combat it was visible telephone points. Is Obviously, the expectation is that if they're visible and they're there and you don't advise otherwise that they are in working order. Mm-hmm. And I guess the longer we go on now with all of the new, you know, NBN and different companies like Opticom and I know there's a few I've forgot the names of, 
But most of those invisible telepoints don't work. Yeah, because they're old and somebody hasn't had a home phone yeah. line for forever. So tell me then, do they have to work? Are you telling me that an owner has to provide a telephone point? So the way that I would assume and what we do in our business is we do have in our management authority that they do have to provide a working telephone line. Yep. And we've just done it, I guess, for ease to make sure that the grey area isn't there because it is something that's just so unknown. Um, if an owner would come to us and obviously specify that it doesn't work and there's an alternative option for, you know, a phone service or an internet service, then, of course, we'll put that forward. But as standard, yeah, we would continue to fair. do that. I, I think, think that's fair. And yeah. I think, like, on the other hand of that, I think that owners understand that. Like, I don't yeah. think that's a big expectation for us to ask of them because when a new tenant moves in, I know whenever I've moved, the first thing I set up, I need my MBN, I yeah. need my internet, and that you just want them working straight away. Yeah. And they're probably, the like you said, the most important things. Like, mm. how many times have you moved into a new house and had no furniture but just wanted to make sure you had it? You got Netflix? <laughs> Yes. Sitting on the floor watching Netflix. So it's a very important one. And especially now with people working from home, mm -hmm. they Absolutely. need to have those facilities. So I think that is that is a big one. And I know that, and this is a few years ago now, but um, Alkamos Way, mm. the Telstra was um, covering a certain suburb and I'm not a technician, so I don't really know exactly what happened, but apparently they didn't have enough, they didn't have any more accounts they were able to connect. Yes. So the owner had to keep their account in place so the tenant could remain getting internet. Mm -hmm. So that's another factor as well because could you imagine more moving into a property and, you know, the provider being like, no, nah, sorry, we can't service you? Like yep. you've got nothing? Yeah. Just, you just wouldn't do it. No, you definitely wouldn't. So that's like the step-by-step. -step. Obviously yep. we request them to do it and hope that they do. Yeah. So then you tell me when a tenant moves in, and they've come across some issues, do they wait for the routine inspection or how how would you tell the team to tell tenants to report maintenance? So for us, we we really try and get the maintenance reported as soon as possible. So that's what we're using our condition report for. So obviously that's going out to the new tenants when they move in and they're taking that opportunity to, to make their notes. And obviously that condition report isn't for maintenance, it is for discrepancies in the property. But that is what we're trying to say to them. This is the time that you're going through the property and we want you to be noting what you see. And if there is maintenance, we want you to let us know what that is because the sooner we can get onto it, the better. Yeah, especially, absolutely. Yeah, especially if there are uh, maintenance items that could escalate. Yes. Um, obviously, though, you know, not everything happens in that first seven days. A lot of people don't always move in and, or are staying in the property that frequently. So I think the first inspection is a really good indicator, especially because you're there with them. Yep. In, you know, well, not in all cases, but in a lot of cases. Yeah. So you can have those conversations. So that's what we try and really push for. And then that way, if there is maintenance of that first inspection, you can actually inspect it. Yeah, I agree completely. You can look at it, take yeah. photos for the owner. So then when you do talk about it, you know exactly what you're talking about because you've been there, seen it and taken the photos. Yeah. And that's, and again, just our opinion, but that's what surprises me in, at times when people don't go to their properties and don't see it. Mm. I just find it such a hard thing to explain a situation, especially if it's a maintenance situation, without actually physically going there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so no. it, that is that's something that we, and I think we, I'll say, I think the property managers would agree, they all love being able to put their eyes on the property. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just so much smoother and easier because a tenant can explain stuff or any person can yeah. explain stuff and it can either sound worse than what it is or it can sound not as bad as it is yeah. so I think yeah and we are that middleman so it makes sense that we would go and look at it it's not always feasible of course um but I do think like that's where you'd say to a tenant if you can send a photo yeah that's always good and on that so 
And I'm going to say we're probably a little bit old school now in the sense that we don't use a maintenance portal. So we are still managing our maintenance in the old traditional way of reporting it by email and doing what we need to do. I think and that's good. Well, it, it works for us. That's what I mean. We have a lot of properties and it works for us. Yeah. Um, I'm conscious that there's a lot of products out there and, and we actually do have a few demos booked in to have a look at them. But so far for us, it's been a situation of it's not broken, don't fix it. But there is a lot out there. So in your opinion, you obviously agree that what we do here is working, but maintenance portals, do you think that they're the way of the future? Do you think that tenants like them? Do you think tenants hate them? Like, well, I'm a tenant. Yep, perfect. So I know for me it's not hard sending an email. Like <laughs> I get, you know, they might think a portal because they, you may as a tenant believe that that is going to get to your property manager quicker. Like yep. uh, maybe that's the conception out there that, um, you know, they're a porter in a portal and it gets to the team quicker and it gets allocated. I'm not sure. But I just think like as a tenant it takes five minutes. You take a photo on your phone, yeah. start a new email, send it to your property manager or the owner, however you're renting, and then from there it's handled like it's dealt with. Well, you would hope so, but I just <laughs> yeah. I think that email is traditional and then you've got that back and forth with your property manager directly like yeah you can send some if the property manager doesn't understand what you've sent then maybe you can expand on it if they come back to you i yeah. personally don't see why we would ever go away from that that's just me personally i yeah yeah it's interesting you say that so i i have two opinions yes. and two differing opinions because i am a tenant and also because I'm a property manager. Yeah. So as a property manager, I see the benefit of the portal in a way because it's trying to, I guess, it's probably not going to be a popular opinion, but reduce their workload in a sense. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the portal is there purely to cut down the interaction that you're having with the tenant. So it's a love-hate relationship with that one because I like that we have relationships with our tenants. Mm -hmm. But I can appreciate that if you cut that part out, that maybe a property manager can manage more. So there's pros and cons to that. Mm -hmm. But as a tenant, I tend to agree with you. Mm. I don't, I, like I've, I've done a demo of a few different ones and I think that just loses the personal connection. Well, we've already cut out, you know, not doing yeah. in-person sign-ups. Exactly. So if you can't comfortably email your property manager, yeah. then I think why you're not why you have one like we are you know a customer service industry we so are. yeah look i do agree with that and i noticed like some of them are great in what they offer but i just i went and did one and you're in a little chat bot no thanks <laughs> not for me and you're going through it and like i said they troubleshoot there's so much they can do that i love but it's just it's so impersonal yeah yeah and you can't really put your personality into that. And, and as a business, yes, we've got a huge team, but we like that we have a personality. Well, that's why tenants are probably some of our biggest referrers because yeah. they deal and have relationships with the property managers. Yeah. So I think you've cut, yeah, if you cut that out, then you lose another point of contact with your tenant. Yeah. And even on that, hadn't even not even something that we've discussed, but how do tradies feel about the portals? Same mm -hmm. thing. We have such a fantastic relationship with our tradies. Yeah. And I know most property management businesses that um, we speak to are exactly the same. You know, you look after your trades and you get looked after. And I feel like some of the portals don't necessarily do that. I'm not saying they 
all don't. Like I've not looked at every single one, so nothing negative about it, but just in our opinion that's And you never know in the future, but I think for now, like you said, don't change the meat that's working. Yeah. On that, just very briefly before we move on from portals, I did actually speak to one the other day Mm -hmm. and they, great idea, are coming up with, I guess it would be some like a finance option for some owners if something happens in the property and let's let's say ducted air conditioning, for example. So a big expense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't have it. They're coming up with a like a I guess a loan facility as such. Well, where you can put it on their account and they can pay it off interest free for a period of time. Yeah, well that's that's impressive. I think so. That's very impressive. You know, I don't I don't know how long that is away, but that is something that I can definitely get behind with regards to some of our owners being in scenarios. Like there's, you know, I know that if my property at the moment has evaporative, if that broke, then I don't know if I'd be able to pull that money out yeah. <laughs> straight away and be like, here you go. Yeah. But also you don't want your tenant to be waiting for something like that. Absolutely, because they expect it to be working. Yeah, so things like that I think great for future and probably good thing to watch out for. So tell me then, if I was a tenant at Harcourt yep. and you're my property manager, so mm-hmm. I've emailed you, hey, Sam, um, just letting you know that the toilet isn't flushing properly. <laughs> yep. I don't think I've clogged it up, <laughs> but I want somebody to look at it. It's been ongoing, like even just flushing it with nothing in it, it's not working. Yep. Can you please help? What happens? Sure. So what happens? All right, well, you put me on the spot, but from uh, how I would handle it, let's yes. go with that is I would ask all those questions that you've just obviously mentioned. So mm-hmm. great, you've given me the information, you don't believe there's anything you've done, there doesn't seem to be any visible blockage. So I'd have a chat to the owner about that situation. And this actually happens a lot. And a lot of owners will say, if it's blocked, isn't it the tenant's responsibility? Correct. Yeah. Um, and if the tenants knew, because obviously there's a scenario, how long they've been in there, but if they're new, I would always give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay, let but hypothetically, the owner know. just humour me here. So <laughs> okay. you don't know this, but let's say right. that there's tree roots. Okay. So that's what we're working with. Tree so roots. Okay, well, that's one, a better scenario. Well, yeah, because you don't know if this was my fault and no. there's no evidence proving it wasn't. So I want you to act like you're still unsure, but you also know at the back end it's going to be tree roots. <laughs> Got to love a case study. Yeah, no worries. So then, yeah, go back to the, go to the owner, report what the tenants have told me, go through the questions that I went through with the tenants and give them the information. And then my suggestion at this point would be I've warn the tenants of some of the things that can cause a blockage. They've assured me that it hasn't happened. So what I want to do is send a plumber. If that plumber comes back and indicates that it may have been something the tenant has contributed to or has done, then we can look at on charging. However, if it comes back not, then it would fall under your responsibility. So as the tenant, Mm -hmm. I want you to break this down more for me for the listeners. Okay. I've told you this on Monday. On Monday? Yep. Okay. On a Monday. Great. I want to know when I'm expecting to A, hear from a plumber cool. and when I would expect to actually have a plumber attend. Keep in mind I'm renting a three-by-one okay. one toilet. So one toilet? Yeah. Great. Okay, so one toilet, it's going to fall under essential service because mm-hmm. obviously there's only one toilet in the property. So an essential service owner has 24 hours to have arranged something. It doesn't have to have been done within that time frame. However, there needs to have been action taken. So my definition of that is that you've spoken to the owner and a work order has been issued. Mm-hmm. So the tenant can be confirmed within that period that action is happening underway. essentially yep. underway. Yeah. Uh, after that, I guess it depends on the trade, but my belief for a toilet in that scenario that it should be actioned probably within 48 hours. Yep. That's my full under, that's what I believe. That would be my expectation. That's what I would expect my plumber to do because 
essentially it is an essential service that the tenant does need to be living in their property. Mm-hmm. So personally, 24 to 48 hours maximum. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I've heard from them. They've yep. got the report. I was there, saw those yep. tree roots. <laughs> What happens next? So then most likely that they would have done a camera inspection. So I would say that we'd pass that on to the owner and, and it would be their responsibility then to get what needs to happen. Yeah. It would not be the tenant. So you wouldn't be passing that on. Yeah. So obviously like the, the risk is to the tenant because of what the problem is and it yeah. could be a fault of the tenants. They could have, a kid could have flushed something down. Well, that does happen frequently. Um, I know we've had a, quite a few scenarios where that's occurred and that's where I said before, if they're new tenants, you can kind of give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because, you know, they've only just gone in. But if they're um, been in there for a long time and it's kind of been an ongoing issue, then there has been cases where we've forwarded on to the tenant and just said, look, you know, here's the camera um, video, here's the evidence what the plumber pulled out. I'm so sorry, but we're going to have to uncharge it. Yeah. And I haven't had too many tenants argue that because I guess they're they not telling it. us, yeah. but they know. Yeah, of course they know. <laughs> of course you but know. But they're not admitting it, but they, they're fully aware. So we haven't had too many fights in that scenario. So then what happens if it's just like standard maintenance? So say like a hinge on a door is loose. Yep. I emailed you and let you know what, as a tenant, would I expect timeframes to hear from mm. her handyman? Like, is there a time frame around that or is it just opinions? <sighs> yeah, so that's a harder one. So uh, essential and urgent repairs are quite defined in the Act, which is great. It does make that scenario easier. Mm-hmm. An urgent repair can be something that is causing, I think the word, and forgive me, I don't have it in front of me, but causing um, it's either undue stress or something along those lines on the tenant. So if they're arguing that that is the case, Mm -hmm. then you could probably persuade the owner to get it done. I personally don't think a hinge is that big of a deal, so it's going to be wait. So I just think that is a fight that you're going to have with your owner in terms of time frame. Mm -hmm. I personally would like it done. We like to get most of our maintenance done within 7 to 14 days Mm -hmm. if we've got all the correct approvals. Yep. But something like that, it's it's not going to fall into that time period, that 24 to 48-hour time period. Yeah. And then... In my opinion. Which that's all we can ask. But then what is considered like fair wear and tear on things? Because, you know, obviously the tenant yep. lives at the house, is there for one year, two years, et cetera, mm-hmm. and then there's been maintenance over that time, but then obviously they vacate and they're... Yep the owner might come through and say, oh, look at this maintenance. Why didn't they ever tell me or what's ha- Is that because the tenant thinks it's fair wear and tear? Or how do yeah. you define what is like owner maintenance or tenant maintenance when they vacated the property? Welcome to the fun part of property management. <laughs> I know, like I like, like you could do a whole podcast know. just on final bond inspections. Well, maybe we will. <laughs> look, to be fair, we probably could. But to break it down slightly in that scenario, wear and tear, it, again, that is... I guess as property managers, we see a lot, so we believe that we know what fair wear and tear is. But obviously every everyone's definition of that is always going to be different. Mm-hmm. Personally, from our point of view, some of the biggest things we have, um, curtains, curtains and blinds, mm-hmm. you know, from direct sunlight, yep. you know, them fading or those, the wooden Venetians that start bending. And or things the clips like- on verticals breaking. Correct. So that's broken. Is it the tenant's fault if it's been in direct sun? Well, see, I personally think no. Yes. If it's in direct sunlight or if it's in a high traffic area, so people who put verticals over glass lane doors. Mm-hmm. They get opened and closed a lot. Yeah. Yep. Um, all those little 
I'm going to say crappy, <laughs> uh, Venetians, yes. Yes. Yeah, those things. I personally think if they're in high traffic areas or direct sunlight, then they're going to become brittle. They're going to be damaged quite easily. And I don't think that that's a tenant responsibility. Yep. Um, same with carpets in high traffic areas. Obviously, there's a degree as to what's acceptable and what's not. But naturally, in a hallway, for example, if there's oh, yeah. carpet, it is a high traffic area. It's naturally going to wear more than, you know, say a bedroom. Yep. So I think that there is always a good gauge there. Um, but the big one is paint. So that's probably the biggest argument that we would probably have with a lot of our tenants and our owners yep. and their expectations being at different levels is chips to paintwork. We'll see. I've been property manager for a long time, as we know, mm-hmm. and my personal belief is like a small chip, a scuff or like a gouge knee or below, like mm-hmm. so below my knee. Okay, yep. This is just my opinion, is fair wear and tear. Obviously, like yep. not a massive chip, like let's be reasonable here. But I think like anything that you could accidentally like touch the wall with a bag yep. or shopping or a vacuum, like that's, you know, fair wear yeah. to well, it. Degree. Yes. I was going to say that with the vacuum. So properties without skirtings oh, and vacuum cleaners. <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> Chips. I hate the properties in WA. Don't have skirting boards. Just put skirtings everywhere. But I I agree with you. Anything that is below that, that's it could be an accident. Like you said, if there's big gouges, it's a different story. We're talking about just chips that happen with everyday use of a property. And that's what I've always said to people. I think when like an owner says, oh, well, you know, well, what's fair wear and tear and what's damage, what would they have in their own home? Yeah. Like a scuff mark or, you know, your shopping's accidentally hit the wall or you've walked past with something and it's accident. Like yeah. you're not going to go out of your way to damage that. Or when you've got hallways with like really sharp corners, <laughs> they get done. Yeah. Even myself when I've moved things, you go, oh, that's a chip. Yeah. It's not my damage. But look, again, if it's beyond the size, you would hope that the tenant would be reasonable to repair it. Yeah. But, you know, a house is never going to remain freshly painted forever. No. And on that, I did. I had a note to talk about some of that. We won't go too much into it because we're not the ATO. But, like, in terms of repainting and recarpeting and all of those upgrades is, in your opinion, how long do you think it should be between those jobs so like how long do you think paint would last how long in your opinion do you think carpets would last I'm a big five-year girl okay that's just me yeah I think like even for cleanliness with carpets like even if the carpets are well maintained there's no damage from a tenant and there's minor wear and tear just for cleanliness with carpets like I would replace it five yearly yeah like that's just me because probably I'm a clean freak but also they hold like carpets, even just dust and dog hair, like they hold a lot in them. Yeah, dog um, hair is a big one because you can clean that carpet so many times and sometimes if it's um, like a certain thread of carpet, you cannot get exactly, that out. Exactly, and the carpet might still look like in good nick overall but it might just, you know, we know that it needs a clean. Yeah. Um, paint. Ugh, yeah, I know. I think. Yeah. How long's a piece of string on that one? <laughs> five years you would hope. But, like, let's be honest, people usually paint when they go to sell. Yeah. So, like, I don't usually tell an owner to freshly paint a house for renting. Like, it's nice if they want to. Yeah. But it's not something that I think is a massive requirement for renting because then a tenant's going to stress out that they're going to get picked up for every yeah. little mark. Yeah. See, that's a good point as well. So, you want the property as an as an owner, you want the property presenting well and you want to hand it over so a tenant is then maintaining it to mm-hmm. that same standard. But you also don't want to put them in a show home where they're actually too scared to live. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. And you are, if you freshly painted a house, you're going to be more judgmental on a small mark on the wall because yeah. you know it was freshly painted. Like yeah. that's, so that's my thing. Why? What? How many years do you think? 
So I've always worked on probably about eight years, if I'm honest. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, it used to be 10 like, in my mind, obviously, and then I Didn't started doing it. Yeah, and yeah, that's okay. it. I started to do more. And that was a long time ago, I will okay. admit. And then the more I, I guess, done the job and got to know it, is that reduced? Because I do agree with you, things just happen. <laughs> but I, I work on eight, but I've seen properties that need to be repainted after two, three years. But let's and I've be seen honest. some that have been 10, 12 years. It, it does also depend on, you know, the quality of the tenant, if there's been a high turnover of tenant or whether yep. it's a long term. So there's factors. And if it was like properly painted. Also I, true. I know that oh, sounds crazy, no. but like if they did the primer, <laughs> how many new builds do we have up north that um, weren't primed? Yeah, and, the and then paint, all the paint's peeling. Exactly. <laughs> so that's just a real interesting time frame. Yeah, that is actually a pain. And that is one of the, I think that's also quite um, quite common now. Like I don't know if it's just what seems to be happening and if it's just generally accepted now, but paint work peeling from around light switches and above skirtings, it is so common. I think it's because it's like – People are so busy that they've yeah. either painted it themselves really quickly or a trade's come in and done it and maybe not prepped the area as it's supposed to have been done. Yeah. Well, like yeah. back in the day, you know, everyone wasn't so rushing and hustle and bustly, so they had the time to do it properly the first yeah. time. Yeah, true. So tenant damage, so we, I'm going to circle back to that because we kind of got off topic, my Sorry. Fault. No. <laughs> but, yeah, at the final bond, if there is damage caused by a tenant is, I guess, what's the next steps? What would people expect? So from our point of view is we're going to go back to those clients and both tenant and owner and let them know. And I think the most common damage that we find, pet damage, mm -hmm. that's a big one. Um, and whether that's internal or external. When you say pet damage, mm -hmm. like let's be honest, it might be like a small hole in the grass. Okay. Well, you know, obviously there's a gauge. It also could be the entire grass is dead. That happens. Yes, yes <laughs> it could. And inside, I know when I got a puppy, my dog um, chewed a door frame. Oh, that's yeah, I know. Bad dog. My dog would not. <laughs> but things like that. So I think um, it's it's important to, I guess, gauge the differences between what is acceptable and what isn't. But pet damage is a big one. And I think carpets is probably another big one. We touched on painting with regards to chips and what's acceptable and what's not. But carpets in terms of staining, yeah, I think that's a hard one. Like what's going to clean out, what doesn't. And then at what point does that stain turn from acceptable wear to then damage where you want compensation from mm -hmm, a tenant. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that is is always going to be a specific opinion and it's always a case-by-case -case basis. So what we try and do here is get other eyes on it. Like we're lucky enough to have a big team here. So we'll get all of the property managers kind of having a look at it, get opinions from everyone, and then we'll use that to kind of make our basis on what we do moving forward. And then obviously base it on previous cases as well. And also like just being transparent. Yeah. You know, like I think that's why so many tenants – over the years get so stressed about renting because they think yeah. that like we're going to steal all their bond if there's <laughs> items that are picked up well we're going to tell you what we've picked up and obviously like you know like you said before you know if you've caused that damage at the yeah. property so you know and an owner knows if there's going to be maintenance that they're going to be required to do just to freshen it up for relapse yeah. so i think being transparent having photos Yes. For both parties. Yep. So they can refer to what you're talking about is really important. And then just trying to work it out from there. I like that you said um, you would have reported it before because I think that's the biggest thing is if you can make sure your routine inspections are done well and they're detailed and they have the information they need on them, that's one thing. 
but you actually then need to tell someone. So yeah. I know people that are too scared to say, like who will report that there is some tenant issues, but then maybe too scared to actually tell the tenant that. And that's the thing mm -hmm. is if you're not telling that tenant throughout the tenancy if there's an issue, you're going to have the world of pain at the end of the tenancy because they're not aware of it. Like yeah. you've not brought it to their attention. So they have no idea that it is now going to be a problem. So I think that's where we need to, you know, obviously don't be rude or anything, but that's your job. Yes. So you can have a conversation, a polite conversation, a respectful conversation with a tenant and let them know, hey, we have noted a few concerns. We don't want this to be a bigger problem. We don't want to take your bond at the end and we would like it dealt with now. And that works both ways because yeah. I also know tenants that are too scared to report maintenance because they don't want the owner to kick them out or up the rent or do anything. So a tenant just says nothing. So then when they leave, the owner's like, well, why didn't I know about all these items and get them dealt with while you were in there so yeah I think that really comes down to just open communication and us as property managers telling the tenants that you know it is up to you guys to report maintenance you're not going to get in trouble you're not going to get your rent increased because we're reporting maintenance so. yeah yeah one more thing and I've just thought of it I'm going to put you on the spot oh god mold yes your opinion on mold in rental properties I just rented a house that had heaps of mold do you remember Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I do. Yes. So literally last year, uh -huh. I lived in a house that obviously had some roof issues where like the gutters and the tiles, it just wasn't done correctly. So it rained and there was mold above the couch. Now I reported it to the owner because I was yep. renting privately and he was very casual about it. Like, oh, you know, if you can get your hubby to look at it, that'd be great, blah, blah. Yeah. I was also quite casual about it, admittedly. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, it's a bit of mold. My mum. However, was not casual about it. My mum like rocks up with gloves and a mask oh and starts like cleaning the mold off and stressing out about it. So up until that point, I wasn't concerned. Yeah. And she's like, you know, Kelly, you've got to clean this off. It's not good. So yeah, I should have been more because it, <laughs> I feel like it is my responsibility as a tenant to clean it. I wasn't okay. also my fault though. Like yeah. keep in mind, this wasn't in a bathroom because I didn't ventilate. This was in of our course. back lounge room. Yeah. Um, so for my health and safety of like my children, mm -hmm. I was happy to clean it. But yeah. in saying that, it probably was the owner's job to sort it. Yeah. Again. And you're obviously just a bit more laid back. So you're like, ah, oh, it's all right. Yeah, like I but, <laughs> I really wasn't concerned. But, yes, so bathroom, if the yeah. tenant's not ventilating, yeah. I think it's a tenant responsibility. Like, I do agree with that because you do find that, um, and, look, we all do it. It's winter. It's freezing cold. Don't you don't want your window. windows open. I know that. But you're right. If you're, it's, it's steaming up and nothing is open, you're not airing it out, is naturally that condensation is going to create yeah. mold. And I do agree with you. If the owner's got the windows there the extractor fans and everything is working as it should then i do believe the tenant should take some ownership over making sure that they're also doing their part absolutely and like if they don't want to clean it themselves then maybe they can get a handyman to clean it like if we want to uh, see again if we organized a handyman <laughs> to go and clean it should it be charged to the tenant well i guess it would depend on whether or not our investigation determined it was was the tenant fault. actually, yeah, doing what they can? Or, for example, we've got heaps of apartments. We have apartments that they've got laundries in the bathrooms. The bathrooms don't have vent much ventilation. They don't have windows. Is In some instances we've said to the owner, look, given the circumstances and, and probably not having the facility, we think that this might be one that you should look at. And some of the owners are like, yeah, we completely understand. Like, 
And then there's just been some complexes that have just had poor designs. Real issues, yeah. And you can't, yeah, especially, you know, in our area, we've had a few few big ones of those, but you just can't, I guess, blame a tenant for that. And in some instances, not even an owner. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But I think overall, like with maintenance, it is a lot of common sense. Yes. It is a lot of transparency. It is a lot of just being open and honest and talking about whatever it is. Yeah. Getting as much information as possible to either party, tenant and yeah. owner. And then just resolving it from there. Yeah. And I think it's probably the biggest thing, like you said, just negotiating and chatting and just finding out, I guess, as much as you can both sides and then going from there. And I think if you've got two reasonable clients, the tenant and the owner, and you've got good trades that can give you information, the maintenance shouldn't be a hard thing to sort. No. And like if you are having maintenance issues with an owner or a property manager, just ask more questions. Yeah. Like I guess ask why isn't it being resolved or what else do you, ne- do you need any more information yeah. from me and then hopefully everyone can come to a nice resolution. Yeah. Look, I feel like we could probably talk about maintenance forever. <laughs> you were worried. I was actually, I was so worried. You the notes think- that I had on maintenance because I thought for some reason I'd run out of things to talk about and I've got so much left over that we haven't even touched we, on. <laughs> not even and that's it. Like that is enough of our talking. It really is. It's just it's not exactly the most exciting scenario but you know what, it's a big part of the job. And so it's information. Think, yeah. So I think it's good for people to talk about and and from our point of view I think it's, you know, good for us to kind of maybe acknowledge that at the moment what is working for us in our business for maintenance is, mm-hmm. is a good thing. Yeah, so. absolutely. Love that. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to another episode on the Alliance experience. Don't forget to follow us on Insta, alliance.leasing.